0: So as we were speaking yesterday, right, that we serve Hashem, and the purpose of doing Torah Mitzvahs is to be Davuk Ba Hashem. And it's something we all could work on more. I mean, not just doing Torah Mitzvahs, but using them as a means to an end. The Mitzvah itself is not the point. The point is to be Davuk Ba Hashem. So a lot of times, even our our Torah Mitzvahs could be in a, cert, a certain way, empty relative to how, where they should be, which is not just doing them, but using them as how my, my turtle learning today is that going to get me close to Hashem? How is even my davening, which would seem obvious, but nevertheless, you could daven, you could space out, do nothing. But how is my davening going to get me to Davik Hashem, which is the goal of all this Hashem in this world? And the, the M'chal spoke out that there are two main ways to do it. One is through Ahava and yiras Hashem, which are very hard things to work on, but need a lot of work. It takes a lot of his boldness and Hizboidness to really acquire in ourselves true levels of Ahava Sashem and yiras Hashem, and not just the levels of Ahava Sashem and Hashem, but you get to a place where what prompts our avoid is, I want to learn today because I want to be connected to Hashem. You do the truth because it is the truth. You're almost forced to do it. You train. You know so much that learning is the to learning Torah is the best way to get close to Hashem. Therefore, you wanted you. I, I I want to learn just because that puts me in the best place I can be in this world. How could I shmuza middle of learning? It it doesn't make any sense. I'm in the middle of connecting to Eben and then I'm going to do something silly, something that has no use in this world, right? I want to daven not because. I have to again. That, yeah, that's also true, as Rambam spoke out: the tzivui and the, and the tam. But I want to dive because it we want to get to the Madriga that love is driving the avodah. Just like you you'll have children, right? And you'll want to cuddle with them. Why? Because you just want to be with them. Do you love them? The havdol that's how you feel the One one of one of, one of uh, a, a, a an idea that I try to use myself sometimes, is before I start davening, before I start, baruchat to Hashem, recognize Hashem, I think to myself, I imagine Kav Yocha, is giving me a hug. Because that's what you're trying to get to, by, by, by davening. Feeling the Yubani Shalom. Feeling the embrace of the Yubani relaxing in Hashem's presence. It's a, it's, it's, that should be one of the main goals of davening recognizing Hashem and just feeling the Hashem, So that's that's what we want to get to Madriga of Ahava and Yira. Not just that we have it, but that is what drives our service to Hashem. We want to do it because we want to do it, not because we have to. And one of the main ways of connecting is through Liman HaTayrah. And one of the main reasons that is in many parts of Tayrah, but one of the reasons why Tayrah is what connects us is because Tayrah is the understanding of Hashem in this world. And therefore, you can only know someone and love them when you understand them. So limonat Torah is that. Therefore, there are many parts of Torah. There's even in the... There's there's, there's Pshat, Remesh, Drush, Said, There's Sisrei Torah. There's the secrets of Torah. There even in the revealed Torah, there's Chumash, there's Mishnayis, there's Halacha. There's all different types of Torah and Chumash. So everyone has different things that drive them. So a different thing. We all have to learn the basics, but then you find things in the part of the Torah that drive you that that that, that your neshama connects to, and that's how you understand Hashem and come to uh, come to be close to Him and love and fear Him, and that drives your avodah. So up to Eis Perik Chelak Aleph Perik Dalil Eis Yod. Every state in which an individual exists, whether it be one of darkness or enlightenment, is a result of either the present or absence of Hashem's light. When anything is illuminated by God's presence, its purity and perfection are increased according to the degree of this illumination. Ta'apet is true when light is concealed. God does not withhold his good, and therefore when a person draws close to Hashem, he is continuously enlightened by him. Its only when an individual does not bring himself close to Hashem that he's deprived of lightest deprivation, whatever not due to the recipient and is due to the recipient and not to God. This is a very important idea that the Shalom is always native. Shalom is always there,'s always shining kavioo but and we can either take off the cover our own cover and allow him in or not right The way we do our various usually is by sending Hashem out kaviooho right. If you want to watch a movie for three hours in your room, if you have that right, you decided that you want to, you know, improve your life that way, right? So what do you do to Hashem? You don't think, oh, let me think. Is this the greatest thing I should do in my life? How could I serve Hashem? Oh, let me watch a movie for three hours, right? That's not what you do. You say, Hashem, please leave. I need a few minutes to myself, right? And Kabbalistically, you send Hashem away. Maybe that doesn't make sense, but that's what we do, right? Because as we spoke about in the beginning, that's a how hour yadis Hashem our connection to Hashem, wait when we have that ability to do that, right? So Hashem is always there. It's the, 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 the illumination of the Rabbani is always available to those who want it. If you cover it up, then the Rabbani Shalom is not, it's, it's not, it's not not, there. So Hashem is with us exactly as much as we let Him be. Hashem is always available to be david by but if we don't do it, then, he's, then we're not to Him. The highest wisdom decreed that every act of observing God's commandment should bring a person closer to Hashem in a particular determined degree. The individual then attains a degree of God's light corresponding to the degree of closeness and this in turn causes a degree of perfection resulting from that enlightenment to become an integral part of Him. So there's four steps, Sermichal says. is one idea of the understanding of mitzvah and mitzvah. You've heard that idea in, in Pekavos. One mitzvah causes another mitzvah. So there's many ways that, that, that that is true. Remchel explains it like this. You do, a, you do a mitzvah, that brings a person closer to Hashem. Then you get a certain kadusha and, and hashba from the rabbinu shalaylam, and that makes you a greater person, and more kaddish person. Memela, you have an easier time and want to do more mitzvahs. The opposite is true of sin. Every sinful act removes an individual from God by corresponding degree, pushes you away. So first, you do an avera. It pushes you away. This is also bringing him to a certain degree of concealment away from Hashem's light. You're further, you're less kaddish, you're more guf, causing his presence to be correspondingly. And as a result of the concealment, a degree of deficiency becomes a integral part of that individual. Then you did the avera, and now you become a more of a guf and less of a Nishama, more of a, 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 a more a distance from Hashem. And in mela, you will have an easier time doing an avera. So it's one of the reasons that uh, that mitzvah. Again, there's many ways that this is true, that mitzvah is mitzvah, and aver, is a vera, but in this way, this is Haram Ramchal is now explaining this idea, that it causes you to, and avera causes you a distance from Hashem, which in mela makes you easier to do an avera, and hard to do a mitzvah. Consciousness that a mitzvah brings you closer to Hashem, and makes you easy, it makes you more kaddish, and more wanting to do mitzvahs. We therefore see that the true purpose of the commandments is to turn us towards Hashem. Bring ourselves near to Him, and thus be enlightened by His presence to avoid sin and other phenomena that lead us away from Hashem. This is the true purpose of all commandments. The particular details of the commands, however, have extreme deep significance in relation to the details of both man and creation in general. This will be discussed in a separate section. So again, there's an idea that constantly comes up through the Remchal and an idea that we are constantly lacking in. Most you ever heard that? You have the expression people do mitzvahs, or even lower than that is like an act of a monkey, right? Even talking to Hashem, we could do it, it could be totally meaningless. People could and not think about a four minute man's ray and not think of Hashem once. Have you ever pulled that off? Ever? Probably. Probably right? Some people do it their whole life. Some people have in their whole life and never once think about their Rebbeinu Shlomo. I mean, you, usually you could tell it on certain people, but you could. And people again, it's, if we do things by rote, even when we learn, do we do we learn with the goal of coming closer to the Rebbeinu That has to be the goal of all our avodah, not to do things just because we do them. And the first step, and more basic step, is we do them because we subject ourselves to, to the will of Hashem. We know Hashem is the boss, and therefore we listen. That's true, and that's good. But a much greater point and a much, and, and a much higher way of living is that the mitzv, every mitzvah has to be done in a way that's going to get me close to the B'nai And even mitzvahs that would obviously seem that of course I'm getting close to Hashem, I'm davening. But if you're not thinking about the B'nai by davening, if you're not recognizing Hashem by davening, what's the best time to learn Musa? Every day, Musa, three times a day, yeah. davening. Who's supposed to listen when you daven? Who's listening when you daven? Hashem. Who else? Yourself.
1: <clears throat> I don't know
0: if they get next to you. Huh? I don't know if they get next to you. It depends when. But by <laughs> by the, 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 well, you, you hear people. Certain people when they daven inspire others in the davening. People hear them. You hear them and you see, wow, that person's really davening. He's talking to somebody, right? You ever notice that like people, you know, people are, 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 someone damaged my ass, right? And someone next to them starts schmoozing, Right? What is that guy saying, the schmoozer? Saying, I don't believe you're talking to anybody. Because you ever saw two people, like, if me and you were talking, right? You ever saw someone walk right next to us and start talking to somebody else? Would that be normal? No. It wouldn't be, would be like, you normal? What are you doing? You, I'm not talking to somebody. Why are you talking to somebody else right next to me? Right? It's not a normal thing to do. But you see people talking next to people, Diamond right? Why is that? Because they don't believe they're talking, that the guy damaged Schmanazer is talking to anybody. Because they would, or else it wouldn't make sense. They don't stand next to people and have a different conversation with, when someone else is talking. That's not normal. They don't, but certain people you see, would they stand next to a maisha and start musing? No, because, oh, a he's talking to Hashem. But obviously, so I mean, there is a few points I'm saying, making. First of all, it's true what you're saying. Certain people you see when they daven, you're able to see that they're actually talking to somebody, right? And certain people you're able to and you see they're talking to nobody. They're just mumbling words, Right? doing their thing. Not, not a, <laughs> uh, I know. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but the, so too, when we, um, I guess, it's, so again, when you, when you, when you, when you're schmoozing and standing next to someone else talking, obviously the, the the schmoozer doesn't feel that the davener is talking to anybody. Because or else he wouldn't do it. But that's, 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 um again, even things that would seem obvious that we're being david by Hashem, it's not obvious because we do them by rote. It's actually very difficult. You know what I find for myself? I would say I learned how to daven in my late twenties and thirties. Is when I started to learn how to daven. Because and the reason why it's so difficult to daven. And and I I be honest, one one part of davening that I still have not not learned to do well. You know what the hardest to me? I think for almost anybody, the hardest part of your daily. Sort of when you're talking to Hashem is most difficult? Benching. Benching. And the reason is, is because you bench constantly as a child in school and camp. Right? And you're trained to do it without Kavana. Right? You don't have no idea what the words mean. Right? So the words go on without you. You could bench without, I could bench without thinking, without using my brain to the slightest. And I often do. Because if I don't if I just let it go for one second, I'm gone. I'm done. And you can do the same thing too. Right? Davening is not as much because sort of it's not like a song and like you don't do it with other people as much. But like Elena was like that. Uh, Elaine oh, the language's over, right? You just Elena just happened, right? Did you think a word of what you said? But so things that this is a question that the same for Kochaj Nefesh when I asked this question, he says, How is it possible that a person could change like learn how to bench or bench or daven or even learn shem shemayim when he's trained so for so many years as a child also when you learn why do you learn because I have a Shem, no you can't you don't understand those things you're trained as a child to learn and daven because reward and punishment if you do a, if you learn and daven well you get a kiss from your tati you get a candy from your mother and everybody's happy right that's called reward and punishment that's because avoid the mitachira. Right? And how do you change it to serving Hashem? Because I really want to. It's very, very difficult. Habits are a strong thing. So davening, again, it takes a lot of effort to change. That's why I always say that one, of the most, important, most, one of the most important moments of davening is when I say davening is before you start. So you gotta go like this. back there. And like, you know, they, they bow down before, like, without a moment's notice, and like, you know, it's, like take, it's like it's taking off, like they're running down the runaway, right? And they didn't, again, they didn't think for one second anything about God. And it's hard to, because of habits. So what you, what you do is, you do, one of the most important moments of Shema Nesra is before you start. Before you start davening, say, I'm standing in front of Hashem. That is the whole point of davening. At least make sure you have that thought once. Maybe if you have that thought, then you could take off in that direction also. But I'm standing in front of Hashem. When I bench, again, it's it's sort of you. You most of the times when you bench, you're done before you started. You you just benched, and you 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 know the famous idea. You know after you bench, don't besides for benching, don't forget to thank Hashem, right? Because sometimes you bench, the 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 was meaningless. They didn't have one word of kavana. Again, it's it, it, partly. It's work, it takes work, but it's, it's based on habits and all that. So you have to recognize that in order to know how to overcome it. Okay, let's move on. <clears throat> so this is the end of Perik Dalit. Now we go on to Perik Hay. Bechelke habrio umatzavayem. Whereas he touched it, the spiritual realm. Creation in general consists of two basic parts the physical and spiritual. The physical is that which we experience with our senses, and this in turn is divided into terrestrial and celestial. The celestial includes such heavenly bodies as the stars and their planets. Those are things that we can use one of our five senses senses to experience. We can see them the terrestrial even things that we can 't see with the naked eye, but we can see them we can look at uh, we can see uh, telescopes, we can look at microscopes, we can see things we can even see you know recognize you know way, you know sound waves and things like that. those are things that we can sense. To some degree with our senses, the terrestrial includes everything in the lower sphere, the earth, water, atmosphere, and every detectable thing that they contain. The spiritual consists of all entities which are not physical and which cannot be detected by physical means in any way. These in turn are also divided into two categories, the souls and transcendental beings. Souls compri- comprise a class of spiritual entities created to be put into physical bodies, to be joined and strongly bound to these bodies, acting upon them in order to perform various functions in them at different times. Transcendental beings are going to be, well, you can go into that, that's like, kai Allahum alachim, things like that. Souls is, meaning in the oilam of ruchni, of, of created spiritual beings. Right? Not talk- we're not talking about the Rebbein Shalom here, when we talk about spiritual, why? Because we're talking about things, beings that were created by the So there's the physical world that was created and the spiritual world. In the spiritual world, there's two separate categories, neshamas and everything else. The reason why neshamas are different is because neshamas were given the special role of attaching to the physical. And that's what differentiates neshamas from everything else spiritual. The neshamas have the ability to become attached, become become one with the person himself. Right? There's an idea that right, he says that the the comprised class of classes, spiritual entities created to be put into physical bodies. The idea that they were all created the first time. All the neshamas were created and put into Adam Rishon, and then sort of they're divided afterwards after the Chait, right? There's an idea of mm-hmm. the Mashiach will come till all the neshamas in the in the guf are sort of ended. And that means that all the neshamas of the Chalakim, of the neshama of other Mauritian is divided into, into, into the world. At that point, it will be time for Mashiach. So again, the spiritual are everything that cannot be detected in any way. Is a, is story of, uh, you know, that, you know, there's a, a surgeon who said that he took apart a, a, a cadaver, you know, every single part, and he was not able to find the soul. And that, this is true. You cannot. But the soul is something that is completely spiritual, cannot be felt with any of our senses. Let's go through our paragraph again. Souls comprise a class of spiritual entities created to be put into physical bodies, to be joined and strongly bound to these bodies, and acting upon them in order to perform various functions in them at different times. Right. That's the, we say We explained that the neshama has a role in three, the three levels of the physical world the level of physical world that we are in now, the neshama draws us to spirituality. The next world of, may say Mashiach, it's the next level of world where neshama will be Mekadosh HaWaguf. And then in the final world of, after Chad where again the, the, the neshama will be Mekadosh HaWaguf, will almost not be physical as we know it. And that's this idea of joining together. That's a tour, famous Torah. It says, Reifei Chalbasar, we say every day, Umafi and it, it made a, a wonderment. And the for, the Torah explains it that the, the amazing the, the the amazing part of our body. Some of us say it means that all the all the how all our physical body works. But the Torah says the Mafila says the amazement of our the hum, of of a human is the connection of a soul and a gof. That's the fascinating part of a human being. Which again, there's no, nothing like that besides us in this world. Transcendental beings comprise a class of spiritual entities that are not created to be put into physical bodies. These in turn are also divided into two categories. The first category consists of kaychas, and the second of angels. And that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of the prayer, most of the rest of the prayer, the idea of how the Hashem runs the world, how some understanding of Hashem's system in the spiritual world. These transcendental beings also exist on different levels. Each type having its own laws and distinct nature depending on its level and place in the general scheme. So great is the variation between different angel types that each group can be called a different species in a general class. The general class is the angelic. Right? And then later on we're going to explain the malachim and he's going to go through right? we mentioned malachim everything in Davening, right? right? those are different levels of malachim um, that the Michal is going to talk about that in the Be'id Simon Hay. Of the, what, the, the, the different classes of malachim, but for now it's enough to know that there are many classes of malachim. There is, however, another class, I meaning besides physical and spiritual, that is like, that is like an, intermediate, an intermediate between the spiritual and the physical. This consists of entities that cannot be detected by physical means and are not bound by the limitation of the laws of ordinary detectable matter. For this reason, they might be properly considered spiritual. Their essence, however, is very different from that of the angelic class, even though they may resemble them in some ways. These entities also have spiritual specific attributes and unique limitations based on their true nature. These They are therefore considered a separate class, namely that of shaman, uh, of Shadim, or what we call in English demons. This class also contains certain individual types, where each type may be considered a separate species belonging to the class of Shadim. So he sticks in the idea of Shadim. The Gemara Chagiga says that Shadim are similar to malachim because they have wings, they fly, and they sort of and they and they know the future. Sort of, they're not mukbal by time and space like humans are, but they're similar to human beings because they eat, they drink, and they live as man and wife, and they die. So again, the the the, the, the later on in Chil-Giml, the Ramchal is going to talk about what the purpose of Shadim in this world is. We're not going to explain it now. But again, but they, they so we, we, we what we understand now, they're not really around as much as they used to be. Of all the things that exist, however, only man alone consists of two opposite, two absolute opposites, namely a spiritual soul and a physical body. Nothing else in creation shares this quality. That's who we said that's the idea. We say is that the amazement of the human being. We must be careful not to and really consider that other animals are the same as a man in this respect. Although animals do have a soul. Is not a spiritual entity. Although an animal soul may be the most ethereal of all physical entities, it still does not enter the realm of spiritual. Man is also a living creature, and therefore has a similar animal soul. Besides this animal soul, however, man has a higher soul. The higher soul, the higher godly soul, is a separate entity, completely different from the body and far removed from the physical. Alone by virtue of God's decrees, the higher soul able to resign a man's physical body for the purpose outlined in previous chapters. So, even though there is something called a a neshama. <clears throat> um, a, 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 a nefesh bahamis, it's called, the animal soul, right? If you look at two animals, one is dead, one is alive. Are they physically different? They don't look physically different, but one has a nefesh bahamis still acting upon it to keep it alive, and one doesn't. We have a nefesh bahamis also. That's what keep, That's a life force. That's not, when we say the neshama, that's not what we're talking about. The neshama, that's that's a physical, sort of, the battery, sort of, without any, without any physical battery, that keeps us going. But the does not consider that a spiritual entity. It's sort of, even though it cannot, also cannot be felt in a certain way. I guess in a certain way it can be because when a person alive is, or dead can be felt. But that's how we're talking. About. When you say nishama, we're not talking about what keeps the life force that keeps us alive. The nishama is the chalik elikami mala, as we spoke about many times, the part. Of the Banisha himself, which draws us to a spirituality and connects to our seichel and defines a person, and that is the Neshama, that's a high, that's a Neshama, very different than Nefesh Bahamis, which both an animal and a human being do have. Okay, what's up here? Shalom Aleichem, this is Menachem Weinberg. These yorum were given in Yeshivas Ahaves HaTera, Cleveland. For more information, visit yeshivasahaveshatera.org. Thank you.